0: Thursday, MMS Rundown. Doc, boom, let's go. Boom, let's go. It's pretty good, huh?
1: Magical. Magical. <laughs> hey,
0: everybody, I'm Kai Rizdal. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense.
1: And I'm Kimberly Adams. Thanks to everyone for joining us this Thursday, December the 7th. Happy Hanukkah to all those celebrating.
0: We are going to listen back to some of the big stories of the week, as we do on Thursdays. We've got some audio clips lined up. Ready, go. Congress needs to pass supplemental funding for Ukraine before they break for the holiday resources. Simple as that. Frankly, I think it's stunning that we've gotten to this point in the first place. While Congress, Republicans in Congress are willing to give Putin the greatest gift he could hope for and abandon our global leadership, not just in Ukraine, but beyond that. Mm, Obviously, Uh, the president. uh, And astonishingly.
1: Yeah, and astonishingly, it did not get done, to no one's (laughs) surprise. Yes, that was President Biden urging Congress to approve an aid package for Ukraine. There's also money in there for Israel, as well as other defense initiatives. And there was some border funding in there, but not enough. The aid package failed to get through the Senate yesterday because GOP lawmakers want more policy changes when it comes to immigration, more money for border security. Uh, But it's not really clear what Mm -hmm. it seems. Mm -hmm. Um, Biden was signaling very strongly yesterday that he wanted to make a deal, but it seems that there is just not enough, you know, momentum to do so uh, on the GOP side uh, or not enough space on the Democratic side. It, it's it's hard to tell at this point. But this idea of it getting done before the holiday recess is not looking great. That said, you know, they somehow avoided a debt limit crisis and a government shutdown, so maybe. But they don't have a lot of working days left between now and the Christmas break, so it's not looking great for that. Yeah, funny. it's, it's
0: uh, another demonstration of Congress only, you know, doing what it has to do when its back is up against the wall, which, you know. Mm-hmm. Great way to run the world's biggest democracy. We're well, not the world's biggest, but the world's oldest democracy. Anyway. Yeah. Well, anyway,
1: that's right. India is the world's biggest is democracy, correct. isn't yes. it? Yes. Huh? Look at that. All right. Next piece of audio.
0: The rule would have predictable and harmful outcomes to the economy, markets, business of all sizes, and American households in ways the Federal Reserve has not studied, contemplated, or shared. Mortgages and small business loans would be more expensive and harder to access, particularly for low to moderate income borrowers as costs for originating and securitizing loans rise. That was the oft, perhaps too oft quoted, uh, Jamie Dimon, mm-hmm. the CEO of J.P. Morgan, uh, testifying at the Senate Banking uh, Committee this week. Uh, they were doing a little bit of Wall Street oversight and the the eight big banks' CEOs, uh, they were all there lined up at the table and they made them stand up and, you know, raise their right hands and swear together and he was one of those, you know, classic pictures you see in Politico or sometimes the Wall Street Journal. Anyway, there are new proposals uh, on the table from the Federal Reserve and others to increase the amount of capital that banks have to hold. Very loosely translated, that means the amount of money that banks have to have in the bank um, uh, just in case. And obviously, this all stems out of the financial crisis. Um, the banks are not wild about that, as you heard from uh, Mr. Diamond Um, uh, notwithstanding what happened in 2008, uh, they, they do say, um, that it would cost more and, and consumers would pay the price. Maybe that's true, but the great financial crisis had a price too. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's another in the, the, the ballet between regulators and big banks about how much money has to be held in the bank, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: I don't know. You know, you know, they profit to the tune of billions and billions and billions of dollars. Let's just point that out. No. Yes. All right. Let's go. Tell me what you see. I see you placing a piece of paper on the table. I see a squiggly line. What about now? The contour lines are smooth and flowing, with no sharp angles or jagged edges. It looks like a bird to me. Hmm. What if I add this? The bird is swimming in the water. It has a long neck and beak. It is a duck. Yes. Wow. They're coming for us. That
1: was a promotional video from Google uh, demoing its new AI model called Gemini. Um, this model is multimodal, a word we're going to be hearing a lot, mm-hmm. meaning it can work with different types of information like text, code, audio, image, video. Remember a while back we were talking about upgrades to chat GPT that let it look at images and, and do stuff with it? So this is kind of like that, but... Uh, Google is saying that these capabilities go way beyond chat GPT. Uh, according, there's like three different levels of this. So let me go back to the actual announcement. There's Gemini Ultra, which it says is our largest and most capable model for highly complex tasks. Gemini Pro, our best model for scaling across a wide range of tasks. And Gemini Nano... Our most efficient model for on device tasks, as in a version that you could use on your mobile phone. And they're saying the Gemini Ultra is outperforming Chat GPT 4 in its own research, of course, uh, whereas the other ones, you know, do pr- similar or um, sort of closer to the Chat GPT 3 and, and, and lower. Um, anyway, so. Google's BARD chatbot is now going to be powered by the Gemini model called Gemini Pro. That's that intermediate tier. But the most advanced model, Gemini Ultra, is not available to the public yet. Just remember, friends, that gets to train on all of the things we do on Google. Mm -hmm. So there's that.
0: So this is an AI that can see. It can see, you guys. Come the, on. The ch-
1: GPT-4 can see too. Yeah,
0: I know. AI can see now. Is nobody does that not make anybody go, "Oh my
1: god." But I mean, how different is that from, you know, lidar and computers that Well, can, lidar is not attached reg- to a
0: brain that can think
1: facial recognition systems that were already using algorithms to see people and identify them and match them up with records yes I but mean,
0: a, but again not adaptively think right there's a difference there's true. a difference between yeah. matching to a database and all the flaws of of all of those things right uh, facial recognition with with a machine that can think
1: yeah that's true it can see you it can see us probably staring through our cameras now probably anyway, i'm joking Anyway, mm, sorry. Of, anyway. maybe. Uh, All right, on to the last piece of audio for the day. Now, Mr.
0: President, today, hundreds, hundreds of military families across the country can breathe a sigh of relief. The Senate has now unanimously confirmed hundreds of military nominations that were held up for 10 months by a single person, the senator from Alabama. Chuck Schumer taking a victory lap, victory lap in the Senate the other day. Tuberville, uh, senior senator from Alabama, uh, Senator Tuberville, I should properly say, um, mm. caved almost entirely on uh, the military promotions hold that uh, listeners to this podcast will know has really, really irritated me. Um, there's, a, there's, I think, 10 or 11 four stars uh, that uh, Senator Tuberville still wants, I think the quote I saw was, a closer examination of. Um, Okay, fine. Uh, But it's good for the services. It's good for these officers. And and it's good for national security that we can now get these people in the jobs that, oh, look around, the world basically uh, is requiring us uh, to do. So I'm in favor of that.
1: Like I said yesterday, I'm very curious how long it's going to take readiness to bounce back up to or return to full capacity. But... I imagine we won't ever know, will we? But. All right. Grim. That's it for today. Uh, please join us tomorrow for hopefully a more uplifting Economics on Tap. The YouTube live stream starts at 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern. It's going to be our last episode of 2023, so please don't miss it. Bring your cocktails, bring your drinks, bring your mocktails, bring your water, tea, coffee, your whatever your little heart desires, and we'll see you there.
0: I might have coffee, actually.
1: You take your coffee. We'll see. Uh,
0: whole milk, nice, healthy splash of whole milk. Today's episode of Make Me Smart was produced by Courtney Berg. Seeker audio engineering by Drew Jostad. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter.
1: Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts, and Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand and on.